Well, because they also, they do talk about, like, boggy. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a runaway. There's a lot of bogging. There's a lot of bogging. Going about. They've been bogged. Hi everyone and welcome to Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing, mostly dancing, mm-hmm. but also Bollywood boys. <laughs> One of the danciest of the Bollywood boys. In fact, maybe the danciest. I definitely think we could go to that level and say he's the danciest of Bollywood boys. Right? Because it's, it's just it's such a big the... part of who he is. Yes. Tiger Shroff. <laughs> yes. It's like dance and martial arts mm-hmm. and pointy toes. Our movie this week, Muna Michael, really pretty much brings all of that together into a perfect marriage of <laughs> <laughs> of dance action. Perfect relating to the action and the dancing. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> if that's what you're here for, you've got it. You like... get it and you get it in droves. If you were here for a plot that makes sense and isn't creepy, eh. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not so much going to get that. No. <laughs> no. But that's okay. It was it was enjoyable. Yeah. I was thinking Muna's not necessarily the most likable person either. No, I agree with that. I yeah. I don't really feel like most of the characters are particularly yeah. likable in this movie. But yeah, I'm excited to delve into the very intricate plot points. <laughs> I have um, a fair amount of commentary Great. on certain choices made. I have I have several thoughts of my own. Um, nothing particularly deep, though, for this week, which I think makes sense with this. Yeah. <laughs> with no, this it's, it's pretty surface level. It's fun. And yeah. it's, it's kind of nice. We've had some heavy ones. Yeah. This is not a heavy one. Nope. We're just kind of here to be entertained, which, yeah, I'm all about. Which I was. I was entertained. It was directed by Sabir Khan, who also did do the Boggy films. Ah. Um, which makes sense, given, like, the emphasis on action and yes. just mostly fighting without plot. Or where you make the plot fit the fighting. Exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> which I say with fondness and affection. And right. I appreciate it. And it stars Tiger Shroff, mm-hmm. the danciest of dancy boys, Nidhi Agarwal. Then we have Nawazuddin Siddiqui. And then I honestly, as much as I love Tiger, I think one of my favorite parts of this movie, and this shouldn't be true because he was so creepy, mm-hmm. but Pankaj Tripathi, who plays Bali, who mm-hmm. is Mahindar's brother, he's like the best his facial expressions throughout this whole thing like he's creepy and i don't agree with his actions and i don't like his character in this movie but i love how he plays this character he always gives a good performance even Mm -hmm. if you don't like the character you can appreciate what (laughs) pankaj is doing with his performance and that's why we love him he's also he requires no additional context. Like, he yeah. can just be in anything as anything. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure. That's a great casting choice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there no matter what he's doing. Yep. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Ronit Roy, who plays Muna's oh, dad. Yeah. Who I have seen in a bunch of things. But was always like, what is, what do I know him from? And then just like started watching this movie and I was like, oh, it's it's always been Muna Michael that I know him (laughs) from. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's very sweet in this movie. Um, Yeah. Okay. So we open in 1995, Mumbai. Mm -hmm. Yep. We see this guy, Michael, he's on the dance set of a movie, having a great time. He is rocking it. Mm-hmm. It's a fun song. They've got fun costumes. But at the end of the song, as he's collecting his pay, he's told that he's too old to still dance. Oh. So his dancing career is over. Tragic. Yeah, but he's really sad about it because he's got this cool like hat similar to the one that Michael Jackson wears. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but the king of pop. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
great bambino. <laughs> okay. The great um, bambino of pop. <laughs> yeah. I just immediately was like transported to being outside of that like candy shop that yeah. we were all hanging out. Like, okay. The Colossus. That was a weird experience. <laughs> um <clears throat> But yeah, but so he ends up leaving. He's dejected because his dance career is over, but he's still got his hat and his little red handkerchief mm-hmm. tied around his wrist. And as he is walking home, he finds a dumpster baby. He does. No one's around. So no. he's like, I guess this is my baby now. This yeah. is my purpose <laughs> now that I can't dance. Yeah, he tucks the baby in at home. He I, like covers the baby in pillows. <laughs> yes. I like that he was smart enough to recognize that you have to put a barrier between the baby and like the edge of the couch. Yeah, to like hold it in place, but then he puts a pillow on top of the baby. Not like Yeah, on that top was of weird. You, that, you can smother. You yeah. can smother a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so baby taken care of, he says goodbye to Michael. But then the baby's just crying nonstop, and nothing he's doing seems to help it until he puts on music. Mm-hmm. And then the baby's like, I like music. Yep. And so I was like, that's one hip baby. It's a real cool baby. Yep. Which, I mean, that, that cool baby grows into a cool adult. Yeah, he does. So, with great hair. I find it fascinating, the idea that Michael just picked up this baby and... Made no, didn't like, didn't bring anyone? it to an orphanage, didn't try to, like, talk to any, like, social services people. Like, he was just no. like, this is my baby now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was a good home. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a nice place to grow up. He gave it a good it home. It worked out. Um, but so then we get this fun, like, montage of mm-hmm. the baby grows up and there's this, like, dancing through the years. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson. Yeah. A lot of moonwalking. <laughs> a lot of moonwalking. I really like that through this montage you see movie posters that like yes. move you in the years and so there's a, a rithic movie mission cashmere and then there's adil the ranbir adil hey mushkil yeah yeah but so that's very fun you see him grow up and he's like just dancing and then we see grown muna played by tiger shroff and he's like wearing the hat and he's got the red handkerchief just like his dad michael yep and then we find out that michael is like Muna, stop with the dance thing. You should get a real corporate job. Uh, Michael is dead, which at the time I do think Michael Jackson was dead. He was definitely dead. Yeah, he, so, Michael Jackson died in 2009. <laughs> yeah, but I think he was talking more about in an emotional, metaphysical sense. I think, yeah, he's both dead and, like, you know, dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Muna doesn't buy into that. So what he does is he goes with his crew of buds and they go to like all the clubs and basically dance swindle. Yes, they <laughs> definitely do. Brilliant. <laughs> so he goes and then he finds a guy who's really feeling himself and dancing. And then he basically nags him. Yeah. <laughs> until the other guy is like, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. I bet you can't dance as well as me. And then Muna also pretends to be drunk. Like, it's a elaborate scene. I, the drunk thing was so funny to me because it didn't seem like he was pretending to be dr- drunk until the woman was like, this drunk guy. And then yeah. he was like, yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> because we find out that he doesn't really drink alcohol. Yes, yeah. But it's fine. He has this dance-off. And we actually get our first song of the film, Main Hoon. Which is a good one. It's my pick for my favorite. Good. It's really, yeah, it's fun. It's boppy. Yeah. I also noted, I'm always impressed by Tiger's dancing, but in particular in this number, I felt like he was so much more fluid than I've seen him be yes. other times. Like he felt he felt very rhythmic to me in this yeah. dance number. I also like that there's a moment where he had left his hat on the bar and it just kind of like yeah. gives him a nod. <laughs> His hat's got a mind of its own, apparently. And then he always, because he does this like at a lot of different bars. Again, this is a very well-oiled scheme that they run. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he always like takes all the money off the bar, but then gives the guy back some to say like for your dance lesson, which is like a your dance real classes. power move. <laughs> yeah, but what I love about this too is that. The guy who originally challenged Muna, he's there being like, oh my god, that guy was such a good dancer, I'm defeated. But the friend standing next to him, as Muna like goes to walk away, that friend like reaches out to like try to touch him. Oh yeah, 
super into him, which I yeah. really appreciate. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. <laughs> yep. But so then we find out that, yeah, the crew is now banned from, like, every club in the city because yep. everyone's gotten wise to this. And so Muna's like, we may be banned everywhere in Mumbai, but we're not banned in the rest of the world. So he sets off for Delhi. Yeah. What's interesting is that he doesn't seem to have, like, career goals within no. dance. Yeah, because, like, other characters, you know, you saw his dad, Michael, was, like, a dancer for films. and Yeah. And, like, Dolly has aspirations for what right, she's going like, to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could have gotten have paid by the clubs. Like, he could have yeah. been a dancer in the clubs. Yeah. Very short-sighted. But yeah. that's okay. We're on, we're on Muna's side. He's going to Delhi. And then at one of these bars, he's cleaning up in Delhi. But in one of the bars, we get his catchphrase for the first time. So he is challenged to a fight by Bali, and Muna responds, Muna never fights, he only thrashes. And this is his catchphrase, he says it multiple times. Yeah. (laughs) And you're just like, wait, I thought you were a dancer. Like, (laughs) just Well, and I do wonder, I was like, is this why he's gotten banned from clubs? Like, how many times does the dance con lead Mm. to a fight and maybe that because it doesn't seem like the conning people out of money at the clubs like they would really care yeah because like also muna is kind of cocky and kind of a jerk like yeah i would say so so he probably does get on a lot of people's nerves but also i wrote does dancing make you better at fighting four guys at once like i just don't know what the backstory is on how Muna became an amazing fighter. No, yeah. Right? There are way too many movies that come out of this part of the world where it is just assumed that the hero is also an incredible fighter and can take on, like, several (laughs) goons at once. And look, I love it. Yep. I just sometimes wouldn't mind just a little... Just, like, one sentence about, like... Yeah, and then also I did martial arts as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. And then we're good. We did it. Yeah. Done. But anyway, it's great. But so then Muna gets picked up by the cops. And so they take him to meet Mahinder, who is this gangster dude. And as Muna's waiting to see him, he's just like dancing yeah. <laughs> in the waiting room. And I was like, I would hate this guy. <laughs> it just it is just like sit down he's like every obnoxious kid in middle school where you're just like you just (laughs) and i i think it's almost worse that he is good at it yeah no i i totally agree it's like stop showing off bro yeah but then like mahindar's like okay send him in so he sends a goon to go get muna and the goon walks up to muna and muna's still like dancing at him (laughs) he has to finally just like grab him and be like oh come on So Muna meets with Mahindar. They have this whole back and forth. But basically, Mahindar's like, okay, turns out you're a really good dancer. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I need. So I'm not going to kill you. And he's like, but you have to make me into a fantastic dancer in 30 days or else you'll die. Pretty straightforward. And Muna's like, yeah, all right, whatever. (laughs) But Mahindar is really not good at it. So we get this delightful song called swag Mm -hmm. which is also very catchy and very fun yeah this has Um, been stuck in my head (laughs) oh yeah it's just it's really good and muna's teaching him all the different moves and he has all these different tools it turns out that muna's actually a really good teacher i okay i disagree (laughs) no you disagree was it the booty was it the booty pat no i disagree because i think if you're gonna teach someone to dance you don't start with teaching them to dance like michael jackson (laughs) oh okay well sure it seems like actually kind of no dance kim (laughs) as someone who doesn't i'm like like, oh sure the other thing too that bugged me is the way that he he's trying to teach him how to moonwalk and he like ties his feet (laughs) to to behinder's feet doing the moonwalk is actually not that hard you just have to know what the trick is and the trick is that you move the foot that's planted and not the foot that you're up on your toes with and that's the trick it's like an optical illusion (laughs) The way to teach someone that is not to tie your feet to each... Anyway, I'm, I I don't need to talk about that. That's this fair. I guess <laughs> I was thinking he seemed to be fairly good-natured and supportive. That's true. He's patient. And I do, like, there is just a moment where he just, like, slaps Mahindar on the butt. 
<laughs> I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> They're pals. It's fine. And then after this, we see that Muna is talking with his dad. They're like FaceTiming and he's all business on the top. He's wearing like a button up shirt and a tie, mm-hmm. but then he's in his undies and socks yeah. <laughs> um, because his dad thinks that he moved to Delhi to pursue a corporate job, mm-hmm. just like what he's always wanted him to do. But as he's on the phone with his dad, one of Mahinder's goons comes and he's like, hey, Mahinder wants to see you. So come on. And we see Mahinder walking out of, like, his building. And he gets, like, stabbed by a drive-by. Yeah. That was, like, in the back. Yeah. And then he gets surrounded by guys. There's, like, Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 dudes here. Mm -hmm. How's he going to get out of this one? It's Muna. If only he had someone who who thrashes. Is is inexplicably a phenomenal fighter. Yeah. (laughs) So Muna shows up, he beats up all of these guys, mm-hmm. saves Mahinder's life. Mahinder's like, yeah, all right, you're my bro. Like, you're part of the family. Yeah. Mahinder takes Muna to his, like, family's home in the town he grew up in. They sit and have a meal with his family. And over the course of this meal, Mahinder, like, cuts a line across his palm. And I'm like, yep. oh, God, bloodborne pathogens. Are you uh, kidding yep. me? <laughs> And then he cuts Muna's hand, and then they just smear their open wounds. rub their wounds together, yeah. And I'm like, that's a really bad idea. Just now they both have hepatitis. (laughs) Yeah, come on. But anyway, so Muna's in the family, and he's like, now I can show you why I wanted you to make me into a good dancer. Mm -hmm. And then we get Sheikh Quran, where there's a pretty lady at the front of it. Um, This is Dolly. Uh, and Mahinder's in love with her, mm-hmm. and he wants her to be his girlfriend. Yep. I did note about this dance number that it looks a little uncomfortable at first. I have to say, I was not particularly impressed by our leading ladies dancing. Yep. It it did seem a little bit uncomfortable. Like there was sort of a like a stiffness to some of the movements, and also I just I don't feel like her like she she doesn't dance with her expression at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like say what you will about Tiger. He always, at least, like, he's always smiling. Yeah. You know, like, he's always like, yeah, very happy, prancy boy. But in this dance number, I also noted that, right, Mahinder's there. He's like, oh, my God, Dolly is so beautiful as he's watching her dance. She does have some really fun outfits. Yes. And I like, like, the shaking move. (laughs) So as they were driving back from the club, Mahinder is telling Muna that he wants to dance his heart out for her on Valentine's Day. (laughs) And Muna kind of gently brings up, like, she seemed kind of young. Yeah. You're like 42. She's half your age. And then Mahinder's kind of like, no, but it's true love, blah, 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 blah. And Muna's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll help you win her over. And then they go to buy her a dress. Why? Which we've had this conversation before. Yep. Don't do it. Nope. Especially if you don't know the woman's size. Yep. Like, what do you, no. Either way, you're going to insult her. <laughs> it's messed up. But they do that. Mahinder buys her a dress. And then he sends Muna to deliver it to her. Mm-hmm. So Muna goes to the club to give her the dress. He ends up giving Dolly a ride home, which starts this little friendship. Muna starts to bring her gifts from Mahindar, but he's kind of cagey about who's sending them. Yeah. I think Dolly thinks that he must be the one giving her these gifts. Not a good move on Mahinder's part to no. send your really cute young <laughs> friend who's an amazing dancer, which Dolly doesn't know, but like no, because Mahinder he's knows. Really lied. <laughs> yeah, and if he thinks that the way to her heart is through dancing, like <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think it's weird that Muna consistently lies to Dolly and says like I don't know anything about dancing. Yeah, it's like what's that like? I don't really understand like, what the point of that was. <laughs> yeah, I, I never got that. And then eventually, Dolly does meet up with Mahinder for dinner. She believes it's like a business meeting to talk about a job because she's been hired at the hotel that Mahinder owns. She definitely is picking up on some creepy vibes from yeah. Mahinder. Did you catch what that. song is playing in the background of this dinner? Yes, Dion's <laughs> My Heart Will Go On. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I just, I, I just needed that to not go unsaid. <laughs> Quick on the Celine Dion front, because there is now a connection beyond this movie with Celine Dion and Bollywood, because she is coming out in a movie with Priyanka Chopra Jonas Mm -hmm. and Sam Hewen of Outlander fame. And I'm not convinced it's going to be a good film, but I'm very excited for it. And it won't be because 
Either of their acting sucks. I don't think they have any chemistry, but I hope to be proved wrong. I well, and also they did that thing where they put the whole plot in the trailer. But the, yep, yeah, it's literally the whole the whole thing. I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a really creepy dinner. I don't like any moment of it. No, and like she repeatedly. I do admire actually how she handles it. Yeah. He's saying some things that are alluding to him having romantic feelings and wanting a romantic relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we can be friends. Yep. She's very firm about that. Yeah. But he does give her a new flat and a new car. Right. So just be wary of older rich men giving you things even, for seemingly nothing. Yeah, even if they <laughs> seem to be going along with the whole friends thing. Yeah, once they start giving you stuff. Yeah, As if we know from personal experience. Be, oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't that happened to all of us? <laughs> We've all been there. But yeah, so creepy relationship mm-hmm. with Mahinder aside, she does have this really cute thing going on with Muna where they like go out to lunch together and all this stuff. And she tells him that she wants to win the Dancing Star Trophy. Yes. So that's like her aspiration and her goal. Um he continues to lie by saying he doesn't know how to dance, which, again, I'm just like, this is weird at this point. Stop. I guess maybe he's doing that so that she doesn't fall in love with him. Yeah, because he's loyal to Mahinder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that does make sense. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm just like, Muna, you know this isn't going to happen. Right. Well, and there's also plenty of other reasons that she would like have a crush on him other than the dancing like everyone just assumes yeah. that the only thing dolly cares about in a man is that he can dance and she literally right. never articulates that in any way she yeah, might hate no. it when men can dance <laughs> that's true and yeah and she actually goes to kiss him one night mm-hmm. muna's like nope we can't do this that night she goes to her flat very creepily mahinder's brother bali is just in her house yeah waiting for her and that's like a jump scare it got me the first time i watched this movie it is definitely a jump scare the way that they edit it yeah in reality though like she walks up to her fridge and opens the door then closes it and he's sitting yeah, on he the didn't... counter and it's like why didn't you yeah. see him sitting on the counter like next to yeah you would have noticed before that <laughs> but it is but yeah it is scary in the moment and he definitely yeah he tries to physically assault her yeah not um, great but so after this incident, Dolly runs away. Yeah. And Mahindar is out of his mind. He finds out that his brother Bali tried to hurt her. And he goes home to beat up his brother. So they're back at like the familial home. Um, and Muna goes with him for support. But then while at this home, Muna does find out that Mahindar is already married. Yeah. And his wife lives with his parents. Mm-hmm. Mahindar does tell him that it was an arranged marriage. It's not a love match, but he's truly in love with Dolly. And Muna's kind of like, yeah, I think I might know where she is. He goes back home to Mumbai to try to find Dolly. Yeah. Um, Because that is where the Dancing Star competition is filmed. Mm -hmm. And so while he's in Mumbai, he reconnects with his old dance crew who are all working (laughs) miscellaneous jobs, Mm -hmm. which is very fun. Uh, And he also runs into Dolly on the set of the Dancing Star show. And he basically kidnaps her. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, she's like, oh, hey, Muna, so great to see you. And he's like, yeah, like, let's go somewhere. And then he just grabs her. And then we see him bring her back to Mahindar and just, like, drop her off with him and leave, which is also, like, not cool, Muna. And he literally says that he could get plastic surgery to look younger if she wants. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not what it's about, sir. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and then he just touches her bare belly, and it's all very creepy and uncomfortable. And then we find out, thank God, it's a dream. I was so... I can't even talk about how I felt watching this. I was like, what is this? Why is this happening? Why yeah. are they playing romantic music under it? I was yeah. so disturbed. And then it was a dream. And I was like, well, thank God it's a dream. But also, like, because it's a dream, they should have had her be more into it. Yeah. Like, to cue to the audience, like, okay, th- it's okay. Like, actually, it does seem like she's kind of into Mohinder. And then wouldn't that be what his dream would be about anyway? <laughs> right. It's like... Ten times creepier that this is his dream. Yep. His fantasy life. Oh, God, yeah. And she's not into it, but he's still into her. Mm Because then it's like, I'm sorry, are you into her because she's not into it? Because... Because you're a predator. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird because Mahinder is, like, kind of 
funny. Like, he's kind of an amusing, yeah. goofy character, but he's also kind of unhinged, and it's a little bit scary. Yeah, I feel like they never decided if they wanted Mohinder to be sympathetic or not. And yeah. so they just sort of had him sometimes be sympathetic and other times be so, so not. Yeah. I just really wish that they had chosen one or the other and committed to it. I agree. They just bounce back and forth, and it's very confusing to us as the viewer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can make him sympathetic without us rooting for him to end up with Exactly, Dolly. yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So that did not happen. Muna and Dolly are safely together, safely and respectfully together. Yep. And they have a heart-to-heart, and Muna ends up introducing Dolly to his dance crew because he's like, oh, I know these people who can dance. They'll help you, you know, win this competition. She starts bossing them all around. Yeah. And again, like you said, Her dancing skills are not that great. Nope. And so it was really annoying me that she was bossing these people who actually can dance much better than her around. And I was like, I don't really like this woman. No, me neither. (laughs) And you could tell that that was the vibe with the friends, too. They're sort of like, Yeah, they don't like her either. (laughs) Yeah, because Moon is like behind her being like, just go along with it. Just like smile and nod at her. And then he later tells them to make her win at any cost. It's like Muna even accepts that she's not that good of a dancer. Right. So his, be- like, his they friends. They have to carry her. <laughs> yeah. This movie's bonkers. It really is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, again, she still doesn't know that he dances. But then she, like, tells one of his friends, like, okay, you're going to get this, like, routine done by the time I'm back. And then she goes off to get something. But she left her sweater behind. Mm -hmm. So she comes back into, like, the warehouse where they've been dancing to get it and finds that Muna, the second she left, he was like, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. (laughs) And so she walks in and he's dancing, like, really well. She is like, oh, my God, you've been lying to me. What else are you lying about? It's honestly, like, mostly the dance thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yes, but then we get... What I would say is probably my number two ah. song. Yeah, I would but say I, it's my number two as well. I, I would argue for a three for sure this yeah. this week as well for adding music videos to our YouTube playlist because this song is called Ding Dang. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of leg shaking. Yeah. And it's a lot of amazing outfits. Great um, outfits. Right? Like Dolly's wearing like the white flowy shirt with the amazing jeans the huge bell bottoms love it yeah oh my god it's so good and then like they're dribbling basketballs and muna is like on top of a car but he's wearing like the pants that look good on everyone's butt like, like yoga pants they look like yoga like pants. yoga pants but like the patterned yoga yeah, pants like yeah with like almost like patchwork but like sort of random patches like cooler yeah yeah, like, say Folly Khan wishes he had these fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, this is great. And then he, like, flipping around. And then my favorite part of this whole dance number, because, again, she's dancing at the front. He, like, weaves his way through the backup dancers and just immediately, like, gets into step mm-hmm. with her. And as someone who has no rhythm, I'm very (laughs) impressed by that. Very impressive. Yeah. I also really like the part where he like kicks over her head, which is something we know a tiger likes to do in real life. (laughs) And sometimes misses. (laughs) (laughs) He has kicked kicked people people in the head before. In the face. (laughs) But he's very sweet after he does it. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Very apologetic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then the outfits that they end in are also phenomenal because Dolly is wearing, like, an overall dress. Love that. Over, like, an off-the-shoulder, like, cropped sweater Like, straight thing. sweater. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. And Muna is wearing, like, embroidered tiger jeans. <laughs> and these are the outfits they continue to have, which I also love because sometimes in a dance number, the outfits they end in where, you know, it's like a dream sequence or mm-hmm. whatever, so they're not actually wearing those clothes. But here they are. This was real. All of great. this really happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of basketballs for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but then after this amazing dance number, uh, Mahinder shows up and sees Dolly. Muna's able to hide his face, so Mahinder actually doesn't see that it's Muna. Which, but he still, the shape of his whole body is still the same. Yeah. Like, he, I feel like he's very recognizable. And he also, as we mentioned last week, like, Muna throughout this whole movie 
has a head of curls. Yes. That feels very recognizable to me. It really does. Yeah. It's like that couldn't possibly be my curly headed, super muscular friend who is the same height. And later I see him wearing the same clothes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never. There's so many of them. (laughs) But yeah, so Muna and Dolly separate and they both take off running. Also interesting because Muna does get chased by a bunch of goons, but I guess he's able to knock them all out in a way that means like makes them forget Wipes what their face memory. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and so Dolly and Muna get away, they're safe, but then Mahinder meets up with Muna to tell him that he saw Dolly with a guy mm-hmm. who weirdly was wearing a t-shirt dressed like this one. So bizarre. And then Mahinder sees Dolly on the Dancing Star show because he's watching the television. And he's like, oh my god, I know where she'll be. We'll just go to the set. Which, when you're on the run from somebody. (laughs) Yeah, you shouldn't be on a televised show. Yeah, but whatever, people make choices. But Muna is able to convince him to hold off, wait to go to set until tomorrow. And then Muna meets up with his crew and he's like, okay guys, I have a plan. Because he's also a mastermind. Yeah. He does it all. He came up with all Um, those plans for conning all those people, so yeah. (laughs) That's true. I mean, granted, it is the same plan. It's pretty straightforward each time, yeah. Again and again and again. And I think any con person will tell you, you really got to switch it up. Yep. Otherwise, you get banned from every club in Mumbai. (laughs) Exactly. You know, a commonplace issue. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we've Uh, all been there. Yep. (laughs) Um, So they pretend that Dolly's leaving by train. So, like, she's fleeing the city on a train, and then Mahindar sees her on it, mm-hmm. but through some uh, clever positioning of his friends, Muna is able to keep Mahindar from getting on that train. He tells Mahindar that it was, you know, a specific station that is fairly far away, and he's like, okay, we gotta go to the airport, because we gotta get a plane to get to that station before her train comes in. Mm-hmm. And Mahindar's like, yeah. But then they're all, like, buckled in, and then... Muna through a series of events. He has a friend calling a bomb threat, and then he has some of like Mahindar's goons say the word bomb yeah. on the plane. So everyone who says bomb has to be escorted off. Muna makes sure that he says bomb, so he is removed from the plane. Mahindar and Bali stay on and do end up making it to the train station they were trying to get to. Dolly's not there. Yeah. It is nighttime for them. It clearly took them a while to get there. Because Dolly got off at, like, the train station that was, like, 10 or 15 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. So Muna basically just hops on his motorbike, takes her to the set. She's able to compete. She makes it to the finals. Yay! Then we get Piarho, which honestly gets stuck in my head all the time. It is... I cannot tell you how or why. Some mornings I wake up and I'm like... <laughs> it's just you know i don't know yeah it's, it's something's real good about it it's, it's a good one isn't there another song that happens in this location isn't there another oh in the jordan yes because yeah. they're in jordan because we looked it up because it seems to be a fairly popular filming location yeah and it works really nicely too i just i loved the outfits in this one mm-hmm. it does seem like maybe moon is allergic to any opaque shirts but <laughs> That's okay. He's rocking the lacy look. Yep. And Dolly's wearing like this black dress. And at one point she's wearing a dress that looks like it could be just rainbow sherbet brought to life. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, Moon is just like leaping off rocks and very happy. They're trying to walk through sand, which is really hard. And you can tell it's really hard. (laughs) Like no matter how graceful you are. Yeah, no, you're just going to be like, like a horse. (laughs) You're on a sand dune, and they're like, okay, stride romantically across the sand dune holding hands, and they're like, okay! (laughs) It's just like walking in snow. Yeah, like, not easy, and it's hard to look sexy while you're doing it. So after this beautiful romantic dance number, Dolly meets up with Muna, and she asks him to be her partner in the final. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment, he's like, uh, yeah, so I gotta tell you, something happened. And we see a little back, a, f- a little backflash. <laughs> we see a little flashback of Mahindar showing up at Muna's house and saying, "Like, hey, man, we know you've been lying to us, and that you found Dolly a while ago, and that you know where she is. So, yeah, you'd better bring her back to us um, because also we've got your dad." Yeah. 
Um, and poor Michael is just like, well, we're going somewhere fun with your I friends. Know. He like doesn't even know. It's very cute. No. But in the middle of this like intense conversation between Mahinder and Muna, you just see Bali <laughs> sitting at the table like eating a wrap of some sort. <laughs> and I honestly had a hard time reading the subtitles because I was so distracted by his face. Yeah. Because he was just like looking up from <laughs> side to side because he's also not very smart. No. Yeah. Bali isn't. No. That's really funny. I also, Bali wears a lot of different hats. Yes. And I do love Pankaj Tripathi in a beanie. Yeah. <laughs> With like a little earring. I was like, oh, I like this. I, I do. I feel like this particular beanie was a very exaggerated beanie. Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit more of a subtle one. Sure. Would be a good choice for like his day-to-day life. But I did like the look. Um, But yeah, that was also when I realized I was like, I do find Pankaj Tripathi sexy sometimes. I do think he's an attractive man. I think yeah. it's funny because he is younger than Shah Rukh Khan. And he <laughs> plays, he's <laughs> been playing da- dads for many years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny how you know different people's careers go in different directions <laughs> <laughs> oh I love him so much um yes so Muna ends up telling Dolly all of this happened and they get on a plane to go back to Delhi and so Dolly ends up meeting with Mahindar again and once again she's just like firm mm-hmm. she tells him why she ran away but then in response he's like what else do you need from me? Do you need me to dance? I can dance. And he does this dance for her. And it's kind of sad because he is doing all the moves that like Muna taught him, but they look silly when he does it. Yeah, which is why I feel like Muna could have chosen a different kind of dance to teach him. But also, yeah. I I don't like the way that this is edited together because they keep cheating moments where they make it look like he just did a flip or he just did some like really cool dance move yeah it's like are we supposed to believe he's doing well exactly that's what's so (laughs) weird to me i'm like it sort of seems like the point is that he's not doing great so why didn't you just have him not do great like why didn't you just have him do what he could do why did you throw in these random moments where someone else's body as yeah. the character, like, does these flips. And it was cool the way they cheated it, but it also just didn't make sense. Agreed, agreed. Narratively, yeah. it hinders all over the place. But I do really <laughs> like that he's, like, dancing around the hotel. <laughs> Dolly's just yeah, following like him around, the- like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, riding on the, the like... The luggage cart. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just goes, like, across the, the hallway. He's like, woo! <laughs> but yeah, I said her facial expression is perfect. Yeah. It's just, like, this mix of disgust and disbelief, like... Why am I even humoring him? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and so when he's done with his dance, she tells him that she loves someone else and that he can shoot her if he wants, but she won't stay. Mm-hmm. And then Dolly goes to Muna and she's like, you don't love dance enough to do this. I honestly stopped paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, so my understanding is that she's like, we have to go do this dance competition. And he's like, my dad doesn't want me to. Her, his dad's in the hospital because he's an alcoholic, um, I think. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> I thought so. Sure, I'll buy it. But she's like, I guess you just don't love dance enough. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I grew up with my Michael Jackson poster, and he was who inspired me to keep going and all of this stuff. And it turns out that his dad, Michael, was listening the whole time. Mm-hmm. And his dad is like, you really love dance. Don't listen to me. You go dance your heart out and follow your dreams. And Moon is like, thanks, Dad. And they all hug. Yeah. Basically is what happens. I do really enjoy, and we've seen this throughout the movie, that really like the main, if there were a message to this movie, it's really that there's no use in having a day job and you should just dance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like all of his friends who have their boring day jobs, who then are like, no, it's time to dance again. And then, like, yep. at some point there's a line about, like, I'd rather dance than be a doctor. Because it's like, anyone can be a doctor, but not anyone can dance. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of is true. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, it's a great message. Yeah. Um, I approve. One we should all heed. Yeah. And then generations of people quit their jobs to become dancers. Yeah. I would, I would love to live in that world. <laughs> yeah. But so in this hug where Dolly and Muna are hugging and touching, Mahinder's guns, guns, <laughs> his goons with guns, Mahinder's goons are there and they get a video and they're like, oh my God, Muna is the guy that she's in love with. Surprise, surprise. Uh, 
And so as Michael, Muna, and Jolly are riding in the car back to Mumbai for their uh, competition, their car gets run off the road by Mahinder's goons, um, and they get into a big fight with the minions, and Muna beats them all up in spectacular fashion. Mm -hmm. But he does get shot in the thigh. Yeah. Muna's dad is like, we should go to the hospital. And Muna's like, no, I have a dancer's body. It's strong. We can go to the competition. Uh, so they get in the car and they're like, all right, let's go to the studio. We're going <laughs> to dance. But then we get the final dance performance, yep. which there's just so much going on that I'm like, this is it. This is my yes. fave for several reasons. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's called Beberwa. And Dolly is at the front of this performance. Muna's like, I'm not part of this. He's watching from off stage. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, dancing at the front. And then at one point, she just completely forgets her steps. Yeah. She did have a pretty tough day. Like, she was kidnapped. <laughs> I guess that's true. And then she found out that her boyfriend, like, betrayed her. And then she also, <laughs> like, her boyfriend also got shot. Like, she's got a lot on yeah. her mind right now, so. <laughs> that's that's true. All right. That's that's nice to give her that benefit of the doubt. Rather than just say she's a bad dancer. She's and if she's in the dancer. final of a dance competition, yeah. she should probably be a little bit better. I would agree um, with that, yeah. But again, it's the fact that, like, she is the one being judged. Not her backup dancers. Right. Not her partner. And the fact that she can stand there and these people can flip. And darling, darling, Farrah Khan <laughs> is one of the judges. Yes. And she's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird because um, it's like a solo competition, but she needs yeah. backup dancers. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. And at one point, the dancers can apparently just step in and carry you through but Muna sees her forget, and he's like, I gotta get out there. So he puts on his bedazzled white outfit with the hoodie. He ties his red handkerchief around the bullet wound, and he just, like, stalks onto stage and kicks butt. Yeah. But he does a whole solo dance before he even involves her. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and again, like, oh. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, okay, well, now this guy is who we're rooting for. Right. It's very confusing. But so... Then she does eventually, like, they start to do partner stuff. Mm -hmm. But then she steps on his bullet wound, and he, like, he falls to the ground. And everyone's like... (gasps) And I also, like, we never saw them choreograph this, like, couples dance number. I don't even understand why that was in there. Because, like, it's not as if that was what the number looked like, and then he got shot, and they, like, went through the motions that they knew. Right. (laughs) Like, they could have just not done that. They were just improvising the whole time. They could have just not improvised something that involved her jumping on his shot thigh. <laughs> That's a great point, Kim. I don't know. Um, they'll do whatever they need to for the dance. I suppose. <laughs> um, but then his dad is in the crowd and he's like, Muna! Yeah. And then we get this full-on Michael Jackson scene. Yeah. Where, again, Dolly has left the picture. <laughs> She's just not even a part of it. Muna's like backlit and he's got a hat and he's doing all the MJ moves. And then they do this lift where she does not step on his bullet wound this this time. She she goes for like the higher thigh, mm-hmm. gets perched onto his shoulder, and is fantastic. Yep. And they end up winning. Yay! <laughs> I don't understand the rules of this competition, but I'm happy <laughs> they won. <laughs> it's like just get a muscular shirtless man who's a good dancer and you'll win. It's like, That's not a good that. message to send to people. Yeah. <laughs> like just imagine that in any other competition like the Olympics. Like <laughs> you just start doing your routine and then <laughs> And just, then just have like someone else come out and finish it for you and they're like, Yeah, gold medal. <laughs> I just like the idea of, like, archery, right? <laughs> like, you you're draw, there. and you hand the bow to someone then, else, like, and they shoot. You just get a shirtless man to come out with just, like, a little strap across his muscular chest, and then he just, like, shoots <laughs> straight in the middle of the target, and then everyone's like... Or, like, it's always gold. dancing, so you're just there, like, shooting your bow, but then the guy comes out and does a Michael Jackson impression. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, but yeah, so after the competition, Muna and his friends and Dolly are all happy. They're celebrating. Have they gone to the hospital yet? No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Muna's still bleeding out. He still out. has a bullet in his thigh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in the parking lot, they run into Mahinder and his goons. Mm-hmm. And Mahinder's like, you know, how dare you take Dolly from me? I love her. Muna says, it's not about who loves Dolly. It's about who she chooses. Yeah. I, I mean, ideally, she chooses someone who loves her, too, but... Yeah. 
were just like, I actually choose your dad, Muna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Mahinder like demands that Dolly explain the difference between him and Muna. Oh. And I'm like, oh, buddy, it's let's just not go into it. Right. We just won't go into it. Yeah. I don't think you um, want us to dissect your personality in that way. No. Your character flaws. I think part of the reason Dolly liked Muna was that she, he was so apathetic towards her for a lot of it. Yeah. You know, he was hard like, to get. yeah, exactly. And she was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, she wanted to be chasing, then, not the chasey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Mahinder pulls out a gun and tells Muna to say he doesn't love Dolly, but Muna refuses. He's like, I loved you like a brother. I love her. If you want to shoot me, shoot me. But otherwise, like, can we just be done, yeah. done with this? <laughs> And he reminds him that they shook bloodied hands. Yeah. Which is gross. <laughs> um, but it happened. And then Mahindra's kind of like, ah, okay, you're right. And then they're all friends. Yeah. And they're like, okay, let's do one last, like, pop and lock for fun. And they dance. And then they're cracking jokes. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it feels very abrupt. But then we do get this fun end credit bit mm-hmm. where they're showing all these scenes of, like, the various cast and crew dancing. The very first, like, scene, Tiger's hair is, like, kind of, like, bedheady, wild, and I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love Tiger's He's hair. Unkempt. Yeah. <laughs> Shoveled. No. Disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> it's always more or less shoveled. Yes. And there's also a scene of Pankaj Tripathi doing a little dance. That was dance. my favorite part. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like he didn't know he was being filmed. Like, he was just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to be doing a dance number. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, yeah, just like in his little, like, t-shirt. He's wearing a loogie. And he's yeah. just like, do, 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 do. He's popping. It's so precious to me. I love it so much. It's so cute. Um, but uh, that's yeah, the end of the movie. I That's the movie. I think it's fun. I don't think it's going to win any awards. I don't think it did. <laughs> nope. Um, it was a good time. It is a good time. Yeah. And I I do go back and I feel like watching it sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's really like perfect if you're looking for kind of like a mindless, just I want to watch a boy dance and beat up dudes. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good kind of movie where you could just sort of tune in and out, pay attention to the parts you want to with some of the plot stuff. Just be like, yeah, no. And there really are, like, a lot of dance numbers. Really good ones, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The music is really good. So. Yep. And also Farrakhan. Yeah, it's- I was also just sitting here being like, I can't believe they got Farrakhan. I know. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. It was great. It's always a delight to see her on our screens. Um. So, yeah, what'd you research? So, I was inspired by... The whole premise of the movie being that this this boy is super into Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of started off wanting to look into Western influence on Indian music. Oh. Um, kind of like a, you know, pros and cons and good and bad sort of a thing. But I ended up learning just as much, if not even a little bit more, about Indian influence on Western music. <gasps> so, like, that's super cool, too. Yeah, I love that. And really just the mutual relationship between the two. So I've got I've got a little bit of both going on here in, Amazing. in the research. But so going back several decades, I the first article I read was by uh, the author and translator Anand, who was reflecting on how growing up in the 50s and 60s in India, it was really hard to find records from Mm. the Western world. And so if you were able to get your hands on records, it was probably because you had NRI, non-resident Indian relatives, who were sending them to you or, like, bringing them to you on visits. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, But when a hit would become popular in India, a Western hit, it would be apparent very quickly. And, of course, we know that Bollywood music... Mm -hmm. And and music in all of the, the various film industries in India, that ends up being like what popular music is too. Like the songs from these movies end up being breakout hits that people are really into and are they're hearing them on the radio. They're not right. just a part of these movie soundtracks. And so an early ex- example of this was a song called Lal Lal Gal, John Kehe Lagu, um, which was from a movie called Mr. X that came out in 1957. Hmm. And this song from this movie... 
Anand is saying is considered the first quote-unquote Daisy rock and roll hit. Ooh. And it was inspired by Bill Haley's song Rock Around the Clock. Okay. Um, and if you listen to the the two songs, you can definitely hear like a very clear inspiration there. Uh-huh. And so this is one of the earliest examples of a Bollywood movie taking a song from the Western world and incorporating a kind of version of it in. And then that song becomes a breakout hit in India. That's super fun. Um, during this same period and actually going back several decades before this period, there was a ton of mutual influence between India and the Western world, and specifically the U.S., uh, happening in the jazz world. Mm. From the mid-20s through the 1950s, Black jazz musicians from the U.S. would be touring outside of America, basically because they're trying to avoid racial discrimination that they were facing in the U.S. So in order to have these successful performances, they would go abroad, and India became a popular destination for jazz musicians. And the music educator Mark Rossi notes that the ease with which jazz incorporated Indian classical music Mm -hmm. comes down to the fact that they have this very similar concept of structured improvisation. Mm. So both Indian classical music and jazz music have a set structure, but within that structure, musicians are able to improvise and Mm. and kind of make up their own stuff. And there's a lot of like music theory similarities, like theoretical commonalities between the two styles of music that made it almost like a shared language, which is really cool. Yeah. And so many jazz musicians, including John Coltrane and Miles Davis, studied and were inspired by Indian classical music. And there are still some uh, very popular South Asian American jazz musicians in the U.S., such as Vijay Iyer and Rez Abbasi, which is really cool. That is super cool. Yeah. I honestly thought that jazz was pretty solely based in, like, like Black America, yeah. And I think maybe it's, but I, I was like, that's, this is purely just derived from that without any outside yeah. influence. So it's really cool that it's like, no, there has been some like give and take there. Yeah, definitely. These two no, cultures. you're absolutely, you're absolutely right that it's, it is my understanding as well, that it's this, you know, distinctly black American genre yeah. that then by virtue of traveling the world, many musicians brought in inspiration from elsewhere because it's also the kind of, of style where you can really play around a lot and Mm -hmm. you have a lot of freedom to do that. But so then we get into the 60s and we get this particularly big surge of Western artists taking inspiration from classical Indian music across genres um, in more pop music, in more rock music. And a lot of this influence had to do with uh, an Indian man named Ravi Shankar, Uh, who was a sitar virtuoso who gained global acclaim through the 50s and 60s. And he collaborated with many Western musicians, including John Coltrane and George Harrison. Actually, I've definitely heard of this guy. Yes. Through the George Harrison. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's where I had heard of him, too. Yeah. And his proliferation led to a a style of music called raga rock Mm -hmm. that existed in the 1960s, which was rock or pop music that had a very pronounced Indian influence. And we hear songs from this period by uh, groups like the Yardbirds, the Kinks, and of course, the Beatles, Mm. you know, releasing music in this style. And fun fact, I learned that the song Norwegian Wood by the Beatles was the first Western pop song to feature a sitar. That's cool. Oh, I love this. (laughs) Yeah, super neat. Then, so, you know, in the 90s, we get this even more pronounced insurgence of Western and particularly American culture into India. Mm -hmm. India is having this economic boom. There's this influx of capitalism. And with that is coming more trade and more connections with the Western world and particularly the U.S., And we start to see what some call a modernizing of Indian culture and the arts, but really what they mean is a westernizing Mm. of of the arts. And music was certainly impacted by this as well. MTV India launched in 1996 and aired Western music videos. And the popularity of those music videos then influenced performers and Bollywood composers alike. So again, from all directions, we're seeing this influx of 
uh, of American popular music. And most recently, hip hop artists in India have cited many American artists such as Notorious B.I.G., Tupac and Snoop Dogg as their primary influences. So this is continuing into today and into genres that are kind of continuing to to grow and develop. Mm -hmm. So we still are seeing this mutual influence between Western music being inspired by Indian music, as well as Indian artists being inspired by Western and particularly American Mm -hmm. uh, music styles and artists. And I wanted to share just a few recent examples, all of which were songs I was familiar with and artists I know really well, but wasn't aware of the Indian influence in the art that's being created here. Um, So Coldplay's song, Hymn for the Weekend, which features Beyonce. Mm -hmm. The music video is filmed in Kolkata and Mumbai. It it depicts the Maratha Mandir Theater, which is the theater that's been showing DDLJ for like 27 years. Sonam Kapoor, the actress Sonam Kapoor is featured. Um, There's a lot of cultural imagery, including the band getting covered with colored powder. Mm -hmm. Also, song that I have known and loved for many years, the um, Mumford and Sons' The Cave. Oh! That music video was also filmed in India. Um, so in both of these cases, the music itself was not influenced, but the music videos were filmed in these locations. Um, I do wonder, because the music itself isn't influenced, right? It just mm-hmm. is taken inspiration from for the music video. Both those bands are British, can you hold that thought? Okay, I knew great. that was yes, where you absolutely. were going. I'm going to talk about cultural appropriation. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I was just um, like, ah. well, I'll finish getting through my, my example. Absolutely. Here. Mum's the word. Um, ah, or so, Mumford's the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Imogen Heap partnered with Vishal Shikhar uh, for the song Minds Without Fear. And we know that pair, yep. uh, Vishal Shikhar, did the music for Om Shanti Om and Patan, as well as like a million other movies that we'll definitely be watching for the pod because <laughs> they do a lot of great stuff. Yep. And then also Major Lazer's song Lean On features traditional dancing and the artist Diplo spoke to the humbling experience of touring India that inspired the song as well as the music video for the song. Mm. So now is the point where (laughs) I think it's really important as we talk about Western musicians being inspired by Indian classical music and Indian, the Indian cultural experience to really think about when it becomes appropriation, when it bridges into that world. And I do think that some Western artists border on appropriation or fully appropriate as opposed to simply paying homage mm-hmm. to to Indian musical styles. And in particular, I want to make sure to call out George Harrison. Mm. And I do love George Harrison. He is my favorite Beatle, but also he Two was things. a bit problematic yeah. in yeah. his his enthusiasm for what he saw as Indian and Hindu culture. Mm-hmm. Multiple he was definitely super guilty of appropriation in a lot of his music, as were the white hippies who followed him and other artists along a single similar path without grasping or acknowledging their role in the oppression of those same traditions. Mm-hmm. And then Katie, yeah, your your observation about two British bands, Coldplay and Mumford and Sons both traveling bands, to India. Both bands that um, I love. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say I do feel that those two videos did not feel like they were appropriating right. at all. They felt they did feel appreciative because in both instances the white men, the white British men were standing back from the experience yeah. at every point. They were sort of bearing witness. And then it was almost more like a documentary than it was like, we're yeah. actually in this dancing. I guess my question about it is it would make more sense to me if these bands were like, okay, we want to write an Indian inspired song and they worked with Indian artists to then have the music line up with then an Indian-based music video makes a lot of sense to me. And I wouldn't be as like, uh, about it. But I am like, why was this the choice you made for this song that doesn't have anything to do with India? If it's about India, sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know. No, I totally agree with that. And I wanted to also make sure to call out, you know, artists like Imogen Heap, whose whose work was very collaborative with Michelle Shakar, and also those jazz musicians who were 
there was mutual inspiration happening there right. and they're drawing elements actually directly into the music and it's a promotion of Indian culture and not blatant theft, mm-hmm. which again, I don't necessarily see the the Coldplay and the Mumford and Sons videos right. as being theft, but I do agree with you. It's not as if those songs themselves were inspired by yeah. that culture and that world. I do also want to call out the fact, and I'm not calling out Beyonce yeah. for this, but I am calling out the fact that the producers made the choice to put Beyonce in traditional Indian garb yeah. for the music video. And there's a part where she's like in the movie that Chris Martin goes to see. That it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me really uncomfortable too. It's like, why why didn't they have her also be kind of bearing witness the way that they have right. the guys do? Especially when they had Sonam Kapoor yeah. in the music video. They <laughs> could have just had an her Indian be actress. That yes. And why are we implying that women of color are interchangeable? Right? Like, well, that's my main thing. I'm like, yeah. here you have a black American woman and you're mm-hmm. acting like she could just she could pass as Indian, an Indian exactly. woman could pass as black American. Like that's not a problem. And I'm like, yeah. What are you doing? What is yeah, that? Yeah, why are we doing this? Again, I just wonder like what is your motivation for setting it in India? Is there some element of exoticism here? And that's where yeah. I'm like I don't like this. Yeah. And again, I feel like both of the music videos are very respectful yeah, portrayals absolutely. in general and also in going through. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is representative of every Indian person's mm-hmm. opinion. But if you go through and you read the comments, it's a lot of people super excited about it. And Great. a lot of people from India saying, this is India. This is my home. This is where I'm from. Oh, and we're like, really excited about it. Again, not to say that that excuses right. any of what we're talking about. And I totally agree with you that it borders on on going into an, a, a very problematic direction. And especially when we think about what this looked like when this was happening in the 60s, where it was very much exoticizing. Yeah. And like, ooh, look at this foreign Eastern right. tradition. Like, that's not, we shouldn't be doing anything like that now. And some yeah. of these things do come close enough to make us feel a little, right? Ooh, yeah. And like, we're also white lady liberals who are just ready to take offense <laughs> on behalf <laughs> That's true too. We, we just want to be respectful of everybody. Meanwhile, again, as we two white ladies are like, uh, is it okay for us to talk about Bollywood? I don't know. I know. Yeah. I, I absolutely had that thought as I'm like cultural appropriation. And I'm like, I hope that's not what we're doing. Right. And also, you know, yeah, if like people who actually are from that culture are like, no, this is great. We love this representation. Then amazing. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. behind it. I agree. All of these things can live in the world at once. The world is a complicated place. Exactly. Anyway. Wow. That's that brings me to the end of what I researched. It was really cool to learn about these examples of when this does work and when it really is like a mutual appreciation Mm -hmm. of of what each of these cultures is creating. That was great. That was a great segment. Thank you so much. I learned a lot. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm so glad. So did I. It's really interesting. Today, the day that we are recording, which is May 1st, is Anushka Sharma's birthday. Um, Happy birthday, Anushka! Happy birthday, Anushka, one of our just absolute faves. Um, She's so cool. And I just really enjoyed seeing all of the people wishing her happy birthday, and also Femina India, who I really like that we follow on Instagram now because they post 17 times a day. (laughs) And all, you know, 16 of their 17 posts today were just talking about how great they think Anushka is. So that was really sweet. Yeah. She deserves it. She does. Okay. Pluggables. Yeah. We have an Instagram. It is Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. Um, If you'd like to follow us, uh, like our stuff, send us a message, whatever you want to do. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it. We also always appreciate subscribers, ratings, reviews on whatever podcast platform that you use. So Yeah. Um, We also have YouTube and Spotify playlists where we add our top picks of songs from each movie. Uh, And we link those in our episode descriptions as well as in our Instagram posts Mm -hmm. on Tuesdays. Yes. So join us over on those platforms, listening along to those fun tunes. I will say that, unfortunately, Muna Michael was a victim of of this. The Z5 purge. Yep. Um, We'll still be able to put the songs on YouTube, but not on Spotify. Oh, that's such a bummer. It really is. Yep. So, yeah. Next movie 
mm-hmm. I'm really excited about Shizida. Yeah. I'm excited for us to watch this too and talk about it. I did watch it already. I got a little too excited about it when it came out on Netflix. Yeah, I get um, it. <laughs> but, but we talked about the movie before. It came out a few months ago. It stars the the fabulous Kriti, Kriti Sanin, and Kartik Aryan, mm-hmm. who he has become just like one of the biggest yeah. stars. So it's really fun to see to see him having gotten huge in that way. Yeah. And we've also got uh, Ronit Roy, who played Michael, uh, <gasps> plays a significant character in Shezada as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Uh-huh. Great. Now, I, I don't want you to give away too much, but mm-hmm. were you satisfied? There were ups and downs. Okay. I will say, though, that I ended in a satisfied place. Okay. But I will also say that some of the things that we see happen in the trailer actually don't have as much to do with the plot as the trailer might make us think. Okay. We can uh, we can look at our plot descriptions here, which on IMDb, we have Bantu is hated by his father, Valmiki, since he was a toddler. Samara, his boss, shows him affection and love until he discovers that the Jindals are his parents. Bantu decides to seek Jindal's love and protect them from threats they are facing. Okay, yeah, because I'm also confused looking at my synopsis. I'm like, how do yeah. these two fit together? But the Netflix synopsis, because Shezada is on Netflix, mm-hmm. but the synopsis is, after realizing he was switched at birth by a conniving father, a rakish Bantu's life is upended when he becomes the heir to a billionaire. That's a much better description. Well, it's got a lot of adjectives. <laughs> um, yes. Conniving father. But your synopsis said his father hates him. So it's like, which father hates him? <laughs> I'll just have to watch and find out. Uh, okay. Yeah. This is, a, this is a fun one. There were definitely some good dance numbers in it, too. Um, so I'm excited for us to chat about it. Good. That was actually what I was just going to ask you about. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm intrigued. Me, too. I'm keeping an open mind. Yes. Um, Until then, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us, Mm -hmm. but we need Bollywood. Especially if you're trying to learn how to dance like Michael Jackson. I've always said the best way to learn to dance like Michael Jackson is through movies from a completely different part of the world. (laughs) Of course, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. All right. (laughs) 